0: Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Today I want to talk about substantial faith. Because the Bible says that faith is a substance. Faith is not a nothing. Faith is not my imagination. Faith is not a vapor. Faith is not a mist. It's not mystical. Faith is a substance. Faith is real and it is hard and it is a substance. We live in an age where the spirit of Antichrist dominates the airwaves and tells us what's okay and what's not okay, what to believe and what. It's silly to believe that. And it tries to control how you'll react to all the noise. If you take, the, the it's, it's, a, it's encouraging us to bow down to the statue that has been erected by men of science and reason. I love science, I teach science, but I don't worship it, it's not my God. If you take it way too far, then you mock or reject anything that can't be arrived at through experiments in a lab. So, a concept like love, which is a real experience that you can go through, tries to be reduced down to, oh, it's just chemicals, it's pheromones. Oh, it's just instincts, because we're just animals. Well, I'm more than an animal, and love is more than that. You only have to have been in love, and you know. It's more than that. It's so much more than that. Even taking... The complexities of the interplay between one unique individual and another unique individual. Just try to do some pre-counseling for a, married, a couple that are going to get married. You'll find a unique individual and another unique individual. There are some general principles, sure. But you've never encountered this couple before. Not exactly like this. Because they're unique. God made every single person unique. That makes it a bit tricky. So all our analysis tools and all our surveys are useful, informative, to a degree, but they don't quite capture all of it, everything that's happening. all the dynamics, all the complexities. <laughs> OK. Um, I'd say there's at least half of human experience that will not fit into the mold and not submit to the mold of the age of reason. doesn't fit still real angels are real angels are doing stuff now the Bible says angels do whatever God tells them to do God's telling angels to do stuff at the moment and they're buzzing around doing stuff you can't see them but they're real (laughs) I know I'm messing with you and I'm doing it on purpose in my life Faith, my faith has grown into the most solid thing I've got. It's the most solid thing. I trust it far more than anything else. I don't trust medicine the way I trust my faith because medicine has let me down. We've been told by medical experts, the experts of the experts, the most amazing people who are the most informed and right on top of the latest research something and then found the complete opposite happens. Not just a bit different, not just not quite as bad as they said, The opposite happened. And I'm like, you're the expert. Mm. My faith in God is a known solid thing, like some sort of big rock at the beach, you know, inside my life. And I can anchor myself to it and ride out all sorts of storms. It's reliable. It's dependable. I can't always rely on science or reasoned argument because people are involved. They're flawed. They're biased. They've got conflicts of interest. They want to earn money. Of course they do. gets spooky in here, doesn't it, when you start talking like this? I know, it's a big giant in our society. It's a big stronghold. It's okay. Sometimes the person with the best arguing skills wins the argument on Q&A, and I go, oh, there's so much more to it than that. Can you get better at arguing, please? They just won more points for a flawed argument. Come on. And you go, but still, it's another notch on the belt of that side of the argument. And you go, oh, if we could just find some better arguers. You didn't win because you had a better argument. You won because you're a better arguer. I find that very frustrating, in case you can't tell. (laughs) So, I've reached a point where I take in my life, where I take scientific findings and um, latest research outcomes, I take them at arm's length and I include them in my considerations, but I do not just accept them, not the way I just accept this. This is infallible. This is perfect. You can just accept it on face value. Whatever it says in here, just accept it. And if it disagrees with anything else, chuck the other thing out. And if you don't understand what it says at first, and you go, I don't even get how that could be possible, ask the Holy Spirit to show you. Wait. Keep reading. Keep learning until you do get it. Because it's true. And you'll arrive there eventually because it's true. It's like north. You'll get there. Cool. (laughs) I love it when a scientific study says, that the thing that they'd previously said was really, really bad for you is actually really good for you now. You go, oh my gosh. It's been eight years. Science has moved so far. It's flip flopped, complete opposite. Awesome. It gets really quiet when you attack the stronghold, doesn't it? Do you feel that tension in the air in here? Do you feel it? It's real. It's a force, and it wants to minimize your faith or destroy it. So, your job is to resist, to push back, push back, don't just be passive, we are culture creators, we are a a counterculture, not a subculture, a counterculture, awesome, I think I'm done with that, (coughs) Hebrews 11 and verse 1, my time starts now, that was just, that was all introduction, (laughs) no, 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 Hebrews 11 verse 1, I'm just joking for people who are super keen for their coffee on time. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That word, substance, got translated into English as substance. It was originally written in the Greek language and it comes from the Greek word hypostasis, which is has a, um, a, like a prefix, hupo, just made, i made up of two Greek words, hupo, meaning under. And interestingly, in the English language, you also have a prefix called sub, which means under, submarine. So hupo, under, stasis, which is the essence of the thing that is under. A really good image of it is the foundation under a building. The essence of the thing that sits under. Faith is that of the things hoped for. Hope is the frame, the framework sitting above the ground. And faith is the foundation sitting underneath it. Without faith, hope just kind of wobbles around, sometimes falls over completely. It's not attached to anything. And maybe can't even be built in the first place. Like it's really hard to maintain hope. Hope is reduced to nothing but some sort of vague wish list without faith attached to it and giving it substance. <clears throat> this verse is the exact opposite of, I'll believe when I see it, mate. I'll believe it when I see it. It's the opposite. It's actually, I'll believe it even though I can't see it. It's actually, I'll believe it until I see it. Martin Luther and dozens of famous theologians since have all agreed that it's best translated, this concept is best translated in English as an inner confidence that what we are hoping for will come to pass. A confidence on the inside that what you are hoping for is going to happen. Think about that, confidence that it's going to happen. Not crossing my fingers and hoping for the best but confidence it's going to happen the thing that I'm hoping for our ultimate confidence our ultimate hope is that you know Jesus will return and we'll be with him forever and that our salvation in him is sure and secure and that's you know theologian would say well that's um, a big part of what this the theology that this verse is referring to but I've also seen individual things that I've hoped for all along the way in my journey in life come to pass and as part of the process I've journeyed along until I've got this assurance on the inside, got this con- I've arrived at a place of faith for that thing and it gave it substance it wasn't, I wasn't just hoping for things like this anymore it was a different kind of hope something with a foundation under it I believe you can do it too same thing. The word evidence in that verse comes from the Greek elenchos. Now this term was commonly used in Jesus' time. The Greek philosophers would all gather in groups and they would bring up a topic and they would, by the process of argument, they would discover new things about that topic. They would bring out, they would discover new knowledge by arguing about it, by looking at it from different angles and just all the process of argument. So they were the logical arguers and the mathematicians of that day also used this term, elenchos. I'll tell you what it means. To them, at that time, it meant the conviction of an outcome that you have when you've worked it out, found the solution and therefore proved it. We talk about a mathematical proof So, I've got the proof, the mathematical proof. I haven't yet worked out the problem, but I've already got the proof, so I know how it's going to work out. It's that kind of evidence. Not something less, not something weaker, not something, you know, softer. A very strong term, hard evidence. You have hard evidence of things you can't see. (laughs) I know. Who's just struggling to keep up at the moment okay it's all good it's all good so to know deep inside to be convinced now I've I've journeyed to a place that says is this even possible how can you how can you be like totally convinced of something that you haven't arrived at yet how is that even possible is it possible I'm glad you asked me that um in Mark 9 verse 24 a man came to Jesus and said this statement, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Seems like a contradiction, right? I do believe. Help my unbelief. This man had just seen Jesus heal somebody. He had just witnessed absolute certainty, absolute conviction. And he realized, I have been doing my best to live in faith. I've been I have a positive confession, brother. Positive confession, brother. And you know, I'm taking all the right steps. I'm showing up to church, but I just saw something that's more than that. More faith than that. And it's substance, and I don't have it and I want it. That's why he says to Jesus, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Like I want to get to where you just were a minute ago. It seems pretty kind of unfair for there to be verses in the Bible that say, if you believe and do not doubt, then this will happen. That's not just one time in the Bible, that's many times in the Bible. If you believe in your heart and do not doubt, your prayers will be answered. You can pick up a mountain, and throw it around, blah, 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 all sorts of things. Why, why on earth would God include that concept of believing without doubting? Unless it was possible. he's not unfair. So it's possible. It's possible to believe with no doubt. I actually do it quite often because, you know, when God tells me that there's somebody here in the first service with a problem with their knuckles, and sure enough, there is, and I pray for them, I have absolutely no doubt that God's going to heal them. I mean, he supernaturally showed me that they were in the building. So is healing them any more powerful than that? It's just kind of on the same level, he can do all of it, so I I don't have any doubt when I pray for people like that. I'm absolutely convinced. So it is possible. I experience it often, and you can too. It can happen in two ways. I'll tell you the most common way first. The most common is to become a student of God's Word. It's the most common way to reach this place where you have rock solid faith, faith that's substance, sitting underneath your the things you're hoping for. Two Timothy two fifteen says, "We should study, so we have a toolkit, and the tools that are in our toolkit are our understanding of God's word, our understandings that we gather up as we study the word. Carry a toolkit around with us. Be a good worker." <laughs> rightly dividing the word you know, study to show yourself approved to God alright, I'll give you an example here's a hypothetical for you you have hope and I have hope just hypothetically right you have hope and you're convinced that God is fickle kind of changes his mind sometimes wakes up on the wrong side of the bed some days he's cranky, some days he's in a good mood really tell what today is going to be like till you approach him and see if he smacks you with a hammer or so that is your belief about what God is like you are praying to him and asking him to bless you or asking him for healing how strong is your faith that what you're hoping for is going to happen would you reckon it's like 50-50 Depends. Has got in a good mood today? Not sure. I really can't tell. Flip a coin. Who knows? Cross your fingers, cross your toes, hope for the best. That kind of hope. Your hope doesn't have any certainty in it. Doesn't have any assurance. Right? There's no substance. What I know for sure, based on my understanding of God and who he is and what he's like, which comes from studying that is that God's nature is actually a fixed thing. It's not just that he won't go outside what he's usually like, outside his own character. He can't go outside. He is who he is, and he's always that. I am the Lord. I change not. I know that because I've studied this, and it's just in my memory banks. It's sitting in my toolkit ready to rumble. So, God's nature is a fixed thing. He can't act in ways that are contrary to who He is. You know, when you get to know a human being, you know, Megan and I get to spend years and get to know each other. Eventually, someone tells her something about me, and she goes, Well, that doesn't sound right, because that's out of character for Stu, right? God can't act out of character. He only acts within His character. He's not human, He's not flawed, He's not broken. He's always the same. It's really hard to wrap your head around that, I know. But anyway, so the more I learn about his nature, the more I can kind of predict how he's going to respond to stuff. Does that make sense? Since he's actually reliable and he's always going to respond the same way because He's of who he is and what he's like, I can kind of work it out. The more I get to know him, the longer we're in relationship together, the more I study this and learn about him, the more informed I am about how he's likely to respond in various scenarios. You might bring a scenario to me and say, but I'm not really sure what God thinks about it. And I'm thinking, toolkit, I know what he says about it. Let me just look up a verse in Jeremiah and I'll tell you. I just got a toolkit. You don't have it. That's it. I also understand that he's bound by his own word. Bound. Bound to do it. If he said it, he's got to do it. Not because I'm trying to control him. Not because there's any rules about it just because he's good on his word. If he promised it, it's going to happen. So it's predictably the outcome that's going to occur if he promised it. I also have a thorough understanding that he wants to bless me. He wants to heal me. From studying that. I've got a big toolkit about that. It's his role. It aligns with his nature. And he's given loads of promises about that too. So, you have hope, I have hope. But they're not the same hope, right? I've got assurance, confidence, conviction, certainty added to mine. I've got a foundation sitting under my framework. Substance. Faith is the substance of what we hope for. I'm hoping this business venture is going to turn out well. I'm hoping my kids are going to wake up to themselves and stop hanging around with those silly boys. Wow, where'd that come from? <laughs> I was thinking that was a word of knowledge for someone else here, <laughs> rather than being about my own children. So someone at the moment is thinking, yeah, that's talking to my kids, okay, good. Don't look at them, don't make eye contact. Alright, so, hope. Hope is the starting point. You've got to start with hope. If you don't have hope... You haven't even arrived at the starting pistol yet. So hope, you've got to start with hope. Some people live with no hope. That is a very sad and dangerous place to live. We've got to be a light in our city that shines with hope. We are hope bringers and hope givers. Just give it out to people. It's an unending supply, so you can just be as generous as you like and it keeps flowing into you from the other side. Um, Hope is expecting a positive outcome. It's being optimistic. Things are going to work out somehow. I don't know how yet, but things are going to work out. We are going to be okay. This is going to happen. We're going to be all right. That's hope. And the Bible tells us in 1 Peter 3.15 that people are going to ask us, Hey, dude, what's with you and all the hope? And we should be ready with our answer. Because they're going to ask, so we have to get our answer all sort of ready. Well, I'm glad you asked, because I have an answer just here. We should be the employee who turns up to work and brings a positive vibe when we arrive. We should bring energy into the room, bring a positive energy into the space. And we should be renowned for it. It's a part of our light that shines because we're a believer. We've got hope, a different kind of hope that other people don't have. It should make them curious. It should spark their interest. We should be the student in our tutorial who is always looking on the bright side. We should be the mum at playgroup who's always believing the best about other people. Ah, you know, she wouldn't have meant that. No, don't worry. We'll just talk to her. It's all good. That's what hope looks like. That's what hope feels like. To the community around us is we're that kind of person. Positivity, all the time. So get ready for that when people say, What's with the hope, dude? Um so when you when you're hoping for something specific, your auntie's health to improve or you know, something else, something specific is on your mind at the moment. When you're hoping for that, you're living in hope, that's good, you've got to go to this and build your toolkit about that specific thing. Because this sometimes expressly addresses that. It's there in black and white. You go, ha! You're reading through the Psalms and a verse jumps out at you and it's the answer to the question you've been asking. The Holy Spirit just like illuminates it and it jumps off the page and you go, I know God is speaking to me now through his word. That's an awesome relationship. Him, his word, uh, one, he uses that to talk to me in a relationship that has experiences and feelings associated with it. It's really cool, really fluid, and it's, it, that's how it all works. And when it sp- expressly says it in there, you go, all oh, good, says it right there. So you've suddenly got substance under your hope. Sometimes it's not all spelled out in there. God, should I marry Gary or Graham. Oh, there's no Gary in there. Oh, there's no Graham either. Oh, how will I get my internet fixed so it finally works? Oh, there's no internet in there. Not everything's just all spelled out in there, but when you understand God and what He's like, more and more pieces come together. And when you understand the principles, you can actually extrapolate them to be the answer to the other questions you're asking, even very specific things. Build your toolkit and add some substance alright just to finish off the second way I told you there's two ways <laughs> that was a long long explanation of the first way the second way to arrive at a place where you're totally convinced that what you're hoping for is going to happen is by the process of a gift I know this sounds much better doesn't it much less work 1 Corinthians 12 verse 9 there's a list of gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to believers and to the church so that we can all get built up, so we can all get blessed. And one of them is the gift of faith. So sometimes for one thing that's really important in your life, God will give you a gift of faith and you'll be convinced it's all good. It is going to be all good. And it's beyond understanding. You didn't search the scriptures and study to find this it was just a gift is what it sounds like just had it given to you pop man i'm convinced i have no doubt that's what's going to happen what i'm hoping for is going to happen that sounds much better doesn't it so easy (laughs) just get a gift we all lazy so we all want that you know to happen all the time with everything that we're facing but i'm telling you that the most common thing (laughs) is to study that and build your toolkit that's the way that you travel to a place where you've got rock-solid assurance that's sitting underneath your hopes. You can actually also be wired up by God in a certain way so that you are perfectly suited to using the gift of faith. And if that's you, it might be far more common for you to receive gifts of faith. Like me, when I pray for somebody, you might you might say, well, I actually... I figured it out and I'm kind of wired that way so I, I actually operate in that giftedness and that's a gift to the church so you should definitely you know, get involved in a team and use that for everybody's benefit, absolutely. Someone might say to you, how do you know it's going to work out, eh? What? How, did, how can you be so sure and you would be forced to reply, well I just know that I know, can't explain it anymore. So think about this. What are you hoping for at the moment? Do you already have faith for that too? Or are you just crossing your fingers at this point? You know what you're hoping for. Have you got faith added to that substance? What has God already said about it? He might have already spoken to you in the past about this thing. Instead of listening to what He's said to you before, you're tuning it out and saying, Yeah, yeah, but I'm not sure. You just don't want to go there. Or you don't know. Your homework for this week, class, is to go and build your toolkit about that specific thing. Find out. If you don't know, find out. Ask a friend phone a friend ask me I'll tell you if I know if I don't (laughs) I actually love studying that to find out so (laughs) that's all right you don't need to feed my addiction to the word of God it's already very very strong thanks for listening to find out more about our church find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au we hope to see you in church again this weekend